And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hodnell. This is the Ken Hodnell Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, today, December 26th, the day after Christmas, 360th day of the year. Five days remain until this year is over with. Okay, in the year 887, Berengar I is elected King of Italy by the Lords of Lombardy, crowned with the Iron Crown of Lombardy and Pavia. 1481, Battle of Westbrook, army of 5,000 soldiers raised by David of Burgundy, Bishop of Utrecht, attacks an armed mob of people from nearby Utrecht who are trying to avenge the massacre of the inhabitants of Westbrook. 1704, Second Battle of Andenburg. In the Second Battle, Zeb's two generals, Wazir Khan and Zabardas Khan, executed two children of uh, Guru Gobind Singh, Zorawar Singh, aged eight, and Fateh, aged five, by burying them alive in a wall. 1709, the opera... Agrippina by George Frederick Handel premiered in Venice on this date. 1723, Bach led the first performance of Darzu Itzraken de San Gautis, uh, his first Christmas cantata composed for Leipzig. 1776, American Revolutionary War. Battle of Trenton, a Continental Army attacks and successfully defeats a garrison of Hessian forces. 1790, Louis XVI of France gives his public assent to civil constitution of the clergy during the French Revolution. Didn't really have any choice. 1793, Second Battle of Weissenburg. France defeats Austria. 1795, excuse me, 99, Henry Lee III's eulogy to George Washington in Congress declares him as first in war, first in peace, first in the hearts of his countrymen. 1805, Austria and France signed the Treaty of Pressburg. 1806, Battles of Poltusk and Gunnemann, Russian forces, whole French forces under Napoleon. 1811, a theater fire in Richmond, Virginia, kills the governor of Virginia, George William Smith, and the president of the First National Bank of Virginia, Abraham Venable. 1825, advocates and liberalism uh, in Russia uh, rise up against uh, Tsar Nicholas I in the disinterest revolt that are, but are later suppressed. 1843, the discovery of Octonians by John Graves, who denoted them with a bold-faced Q, was announced to his mathematician friend, William Hamilton, discoverer of Quatermans in a letter on this date. 1860, first rules derby is held between uh, Sheffield FC and Hallam FC, the oldest football fixture in the world. 1861, American Civil War. The Trent Affair. Confederate diplomatic envoys James Murray Mason and John Slidell are freed by the U.S. government, thus heading off a possible war between the United States and the United Kingdom. 
1862, American Civil War, Battle of Chickasaw Bayou begins as General Sherman begins landing his troops. Now, Chickasaw Bayou, also called the Battle of Walnut Hills, opening the engagement of the Vicksburg Campaign during the American Civil War. The Confederate forces under Lieutenant General Pemberton repulsed an advance by Union Major General Sherman that was intended to uh, lead to the capture of Vicksburg, Mississippi. And the, uh, the fall of Vicksburg opened, well, closed the Mississippi to uh, the Confederates and opened it to the Union. Also in 1862 on this date, the largest mass hanging in U.S. history took place in Mankato, Minnesota, where 38 Native Americans died. Now the, well, the Dakota War of 1862, also known as the Sioux Uprising, the Dakota Uprising and the Sioux Outbreak of 1862, as well as the Dakota Conflict, or even Little Crow's War, was an armed conflict between the U.S. and several eastern bands of Dakota, known as the Santee Sioux began on August 18, 1862, when the Dakota, who were facing starvation and displacement, attacked white settlements at the Lower Sioux Agency during the Minnesota River Valley in uh, southwest Minnesota. War lasted five weeks, resulting in the deaths of hundreds of settlers. In the aftermath, the Dakota people were exiled from their homelands, forcibly sent to reservations in the Dakotas and the Nebraska and the state of Minnesota, confiscated and sold all the remaining uh, land in the state. This war also ended with the largest mass execution in U.S. history. They hung 38 Dakota men. All four bands of eastern Dakota had been pressured into ceding large tracts of land to the U.S. in a series of treaties and reluctantly moved to a reservation strip 20 miles wide centered on the, the Minnesota River. There they were encouraged by U.S. Indian agents to become farmers rather than continue their hunting tradition. But the crop failure of 1861, followed by a harsh winter, along with poor hunting due to depletion of the wild game, led to starvation and severe hardship for the eastern Dakota. In the summer of 1862, tensions between the eastern Dakota, the traders, and the Indian agents reached a breaking point. So on August 17, 1862, four young native men killed the white settlers in Acton, Minnesota. And that night, a faction led by Chief Little Crow decided to attack the Lower Sioux Agency the next morning in an effort to drive all the settlers out of the Minnesota River Valley. And in the weeks that followed, Dakota men attacked and killed hundreds of settlers, causing thousands to flee the area and took hundreds of mixed blood and white hostages, along with women and children. The demands of the Civil War slowed the U.S. government's response, but on September 23, 1862, an army of volunteer infantry, artillery, and Citizen militia assembled by Governor uh, Alexander Ramsey and led by Colonel Henry Hastings Sibley finally defeated Little Crow at the Battle of Wood Lake. So the Civil War was not the only warlike actions taking place in this country at that time. 1871, that's the first Gilbert and Sullivan collaboration debuts. 1898, Marie and Pierre Curie announced the isolation of radio. 1919, 
Babe Ruth of the Boston Red Sox is sold to the New York Yankees owner Harry Frazee, allegedly establishing the Curse of the Bambino superstition. Now, for those who are not familiar with the Curse of the Bambino, and I actually had to go look it up when I first saw it. It's a superstitious sports curse in Major League Baseball derived from the 86-year championship drought with the Boston Red Sox between 1918 and 2004. Yeah, the superstition was named after Babe Ruth, colloquially known as the Bambino, who played for the Red Sox until he was sold to the New York Yankees in 1920. And while some fans actually took the curse seriously, most used the expression in a sort of tongue-in-cheek manner. <coughs> Prior to the drought, the Red Sox had been one of the most successful professional baseball franchises. Won five of the first 15 World Series titles, including the first in 1903. That's more than any other major league team at the time. And during this period, Ruth was a contributor to the Red Sox three championships in 1915, 16, and 1918. Well, following the sale of Ruth, though the, the once lackluster Yankees became one of the most dominant professional sports franchises in North America, winning more than twice as many World Series as any other Major League uh, Baseball team. Curse became a focal point of the Yankee-Red Sox rivalry over the years. Well, the talk of the curse as an ongoing phenomenon ended when the Red Sox won the 2004 World Series. Their uh, championship was prefaced by them overcoming a 3 to nothing deficit against the Yankees in the 2004 American League Championship Series, the first in, as of 2023, only time in a Major League Baseball team won a best-of-seven playoff series after losing the first three games. Curse has been such a part of Boston culture that on a reverse curve road sign on Longfellow Bridge over the city's uh, Starro Drive was gratified to read uh, reverse the curse officials have it in place to the Red Sox won the 2004 World Series. After the World Series that year, that road sign was edited to read reversed curse in celebration. Well, all kinds of, shall we say, uh, superstitions making their rounds. 1941, on December 26, President Roosevelt signs a, a bill establishing the fourth Thursday, November's Thanksgiving Day in the U.S. Also in 1941, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill addresses a joint meeting of the U.S. Congress. 1943, World War II, German warship Scharnhorst is sunk off Norway's uh, North Cape after a battle against major Royal Navy forces. 1944, World War II, George S. Patton's Third Army breaks the encirclement of surrounded U.S. forces at Bastogne in Belgium. 1948, Cardinal Joseph Heinz is arrested in Hungary and accused of treason and conspiracy. Also in 1948, the last Soviet troops withdraw from North Korea. 1963, the Beatles, I Want to Hold Your Hand, and I Saw Her Standing There, released in the U.S., marking the beginning of Beatlemania on an international level. 1966, the first Kwanzaa celebrated by Mulana Karinga, the chair of black studies at California State University at Long Beach. 
1968, the Communist Party of the Philippines was established by Jose Maria Sison, breaking away from the Partido Comunista in Filipinas, 1930. 1972, Vietnam War, part of Operation Linebacker II, 120 American B-52 Stratoforce bombers attack Hanoi, including 78 launched from Anderson Air Force Base in Guam, the largest single combat uh, launch in uh, strategic air command history. 1975, the Tu-144, the world's first commercial supersonic aircraft, surpassing Mach 2, goes into service. 1978, the inaugural Paris-Dakar rally begins. 1980, witnesses report the first of several sightings of unexplained lights near RAF Woodbridge in Rendlesham Forest in Suffolk, England. Incident called uh, Britain's Roswell. 1989, United Express Flight 2415 crashes on approach to the Tri-Cities Airport in Pasco, Washington, killing all six people on board. 1991, Supreme Soviet of Soviet Union meets and formally dissolves the Soviet Union, ending the Cold War. 1994, four armed Islamic group hijackers seize control of Air France Flight uh, 8969. When the plane lands at Marseille, a French gendarme assault team boards the aircraft and kills the hijackers. 1998, Iraq announces its intention to fire on U.S. and British warplanes that patrol the northern and southern no-fly zones. 1999, the storm Lothar sweeps across Central Europe, killing 137 and causing 1.3 billion U.S. dollars in damage. Hmm. Two thousand three, a 6.6 BAM earthquake shakes southeastern Iran with a maximum Michaeli intensity of nine, which is considered violent, leaving more than 26,000 dead and 30,000 injured. 2004, 9.1 to 9.3 Indian Ocean earthquake shakes northern Sumatra with a maximum Michaeli intensity of 9, also considered violent. One of the largest observed tsunamis that affected coastal and partially, uh, partially uh, mainland areas of uh, Thailand, India, Sri Lanka, the Maldives, Malaysia, Myanmar, Bangladesh, and Indonesia. The death toll is roughly 227,000. 2004, Orange Revolution, the first runoff election in Ukraine, is held under heavy international scrutiny. 2006, two earthquakes in Hengchun, Taiwan, measuring 7 and 6.9 on the Richter scale, killed two and disrupt telecommunications across Asia. 2012, China opens the world's longest high-speed rail route with links to uh, Beijing and Guangzhou. And in 2015, during the December 2015 North American Storm Complex, a tornado outbreak occurs in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, with the most notable tornadoes being an EF2, an EF3, and an EF4. About a dozen people died due to various reasons, ten of which due to the F, uh, EF4, which did substantial damage to the suburb of uh, Rowlett. All righty. We have been talking about... Um, all kinds of things. And somebody asked me, what was the strangest Christmas uh, tradition I'd heard of? 
Voyons. I had read that Yuletide in Australia, which probably doesn't have much snowfall or chestnuts roasting on open fire or kids going to the zoo, but it's far from the quirkiest place on the planet when it comes to Christmas traditions. But I'm going to give you a list of some of the strangest traditions they have. Now, in Iceland, you've got the Yule Lads. Now, Icelandic kids don't get just one Santa Claus. They get 13 mischievous trolls roaming the country in the fortnight before Christmas. Like Snow White and her seven dwarfs, each of the, the 13 uh, Joe Esvenar or Yule Lads has his own personality. There is Doorway Sniffer, Spoon Licker, Sausage Swiper, Candle Stealer, Curd Gobbler, and the ominously named Window Peeper. Each takes turns visiting children who leave shoes in their bedroom window, dropping off uh, presents for the good kids and rotting potatoes for the bad ones. See, the rotting potatoes are letting them know they're keeping their eye on you. Get it? Potato? Eye? Mm. How about the, the pooper and the pooping log in Catalonia? For some inexplicable reason, Catalans observe not one, but two excrement-based um, Christmas traditions designed to put a smile on everybody's faces. The first is the Kaganar, meaning roughly the pooper. It's a figurine of a pantless peasant laying a cable that's snuck into the nativity scenes alongside Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. The second is Cagatillo, the pooping log, which is a small stick with a grin on its face that lives on the dinner table in December. After being kept warm with a blanket and fed every day with nuts and sweets, it gets beaten with sticks on Christmas Eve to poop out presents. In reality, the, in reality, the kids duck out to pray for presents while relatives uh, pop the gifts under the blanket. Then in Wales, we got the, the Mary Lud. Welsh culture is ancient, steeped in tradition. It's not surprising that the residents of South Wales enjoy parading a undead horse around their villages to celebrate the happiest time of the year. In a wassailing display dating back to Celtic times, the custom involves uh, draping a white sheet over a pole with a horse skull attached and knocking on people's doors, no doubt giving them the fright of their lives. Party carrying this morbid effigy and then sing to the residents who are supposed to sing back before handing over some food or drink. There is some debate about whether Mary Laud translates as Holy Mary or or gray mare, but either one seems uh, equally bizarre. Then in Japan, we got the Kentucky Fried Christmas. It's uh, the greatest Christmas marketing triumph since Coca-Cola. 
popularized the fat, jolly, red-suited image of Santa Claus, we all know. Till recently, Christmas wasn't a huge deal in Japan, but a ridiculously successful KFC ad campaign during the 70s established a tradition of families uh, sharing the buckets of fried chicken on December 25th. In fact, holiday-themed chicken has become so popular around Japan that restaurant reservations and special package delivery orders are placed months in advance. Then in Australia, we've got, uh, excuse me, Austria, we got Krampus. It, uh, as if the threat of missing out on presents wasn't bad enough, Austrian kids who end up on Santa's naughty list also have to worry about Krampus, a horned, hairy beast that snatches misbehaving children in his wicker basket, serving as St. Nicholas's uh, enforcer, so to speak. Many towns in Austria and neighboring uh, countries are especially the alpine villages around Salzburg and Tyrol, celebrate uh, Krampusnacht on December 5th when dozens of men dressed as the half-goat demon parade through the streets brandishing sticks and terrorizing children. Which doesn't make the lump of coal alternative sound so bad now, does it? Well, in Italy, we got La Bifana. Italian Christmases are Celebrated with a wine-drinking witch, and that doesn't refer to your alcoholic auntie from the that side of the family, as they used to say. Twelve days after Santa's visit on the eve of the Epiphany, that's January 5th, families across Italy leave out a glass of wine and a plate of sausage for La Bifana, who pops down the chimney on her broomstick. According to folklore, the old lady knocked back on a, an invitation from the Three wise men to witness the birth of Christ and was so devastated about missing it, she spends every Christmas time gliding around the country searching for the the blessed child, though we're not sure why she limits her search to Italy. Conveniently, she also finds time to be in charge of doling out presents to good kids and cold and naughty ones. At least she doesn't uh, turn the naughty ones over to Krampus. Then in Ukraine, we've got the spider webs. Now, they take a different approach to Christmas decorations, swapping fairly fairy lights for spider webs. The legend of the Christmas spider explains that a poor wood owner kids once cultivated a Christmas tree from a pine cone but couldn't afford to get the decorations. You know, Christmas morning, they woke up to see their tree blanketed in cobwebs with which the sunlight transformed into gold and silver. Nowadays, trees across Ukraine are decorated with little spider ornaments called uh, pavuchki and fake spider webs, which are said to be the origin of the sparkly tinsel that shimmers at Christmas time all around the world. Yet in Mexico, we got radish carving. Each year, the Mexican city of Oaxaca. In the days before Christmas are marked with an event known as the Night of the Radishes. Sadly, we're not talking about a low-budget 80s horror movie, but instead a vegetable carving competition. I'd rather have the horror movies. Participants get remarkably creative with everything from nativity scenes to fantastical monsters on display as thousands of visitors descend on the city to take part in the fun. 
radishes in question are grown especially and pumped with chemicals to grow immense, but it all seems a bit futile as the carbon should only be displayed for a few hours before the uh, the vegetables wither away. Okay. That, of course, uh, takes care of that. Now, we've got a few other... Um, strange uh, traditions. In Norway, Norwegians believe that Christmas Eve coincides with the arrival of evil spirits and witches. It's only logical then that Norwegian householders hide all the brooms before they go to sleep. After all, nothing spoils Christmas quicker than finding your Broom broken in pieces at the foot of a tree, trashed by a joyriding rich. Certainly that um, that is a fear that I'm sure we have all had at one point or another. Well, in Caracas, Venezuela, in the, reading, in the week leading up to Christmas, Venezuelans attend a daily church service called Misa de Aguinaldo, early morning mass. In the capital, Caracas, it's customary to travel to the church service on roller skates. Where I grew up, they'd have been overflowing the emergency rooms with broken bones. Indeed, so widespread is the practice, many roads to the capital closed till 8 a.m. to provide Christmas worshippers with a safe passage. Then, of course, um, we have... Catalonia, Spain. We've got a, an odd Catalonian tradition of uh, cagatillo, similar to the one I talked about earlier. Sweden, there's an unusual tradition that has quite a lengthy history. It's begin. It's thought it had begun in the 11th century with the mentioning of a man-sized goat figure that accompanied St. Nicholas. The cities across Sweden uh, construct Yule goats at the beginning of every Advent every year, with the most famous being in uh, Gavli, a strong structure that reaches 40 feet. Unfortunately, it does attract people who want to turn it into a bonfire, and this play has been destroyed around 36 times since 1966. Then in Guatemala, they uh, give a new twist to cleanliness that is next to God godliness. Locals believe the devil and the evil spirits live in the dark, dirty corners of your home. So they spend the week before Christmas sweeping up, collecting rubbish, and piling everything in a huge heap outside. And finally, an effigy of the devil is placed on top, and the whole thing is set on fire. It's called La Quima del Diablo, or the burning of the devil. The idea for Guatemalans is to burn all the bad from the previous year and start a new year from the ashes. Then in Portugal, we have... Uh, Consola, the traditional Christmas feast 
during this feast, families sometimes set extra places at the dining table for deceased relatives. It's thought the practice will ensure good fortune for the household. Some areas, crumbs are left on the hearth as well. And if you thought feeding your living relatives was quite a chore, think about having to feed uh, the dead ones. Well, then in Italy, we've also got um, another interesting tradition. that the Vatican has gotten involved in. Now, this is parallel with the La Bifana tradition that I talked about, uh, the witch who wouldn't go with the three wise men. But if you got the Vatican involved, well, that gives a special weight. Then in Chechnya, On Christmas Eve, unmarried Czech women stand with their back to the door and toss one of their shoes over their shoulder. If it lands with the toe facing the door, it means they'll be married within the year. If it lands with the heel facing the door, they, they've got another year of being single. And if it hits somebody and knocks them out, that's the one you marry. Well, then we've got uh, another shoe-related custom in Germany. On the evening of December 5th, German children leave a boot or a shoe outside their bedroom door. In the morning, if they've been good, they'll find the shoes filled with sweets, and if they haven't, they'll get a branch. So, obviously, it's best to leave out the newest pair of shoes you own, uh, preferably fresh out of the box. Otherwise, you may have a unique um, flavor to your sweets. Okay. And then we've got in Latvia, we've got disguised mummers. Uh, now, mummers, of, of course, or street actors can also be friends and family. They disguise themselves as animals or characters in Latvia. Go from house to house within the community during the 12 days of Christmas to drive away the evil spirits with music and traditional songs. Even give a variety of informal performances that may include dances and jokes or recitations. In return, families offer Christmas traditions, uh, food and um, drinks. The mummers are expected to say just stay disguised and in addition to the mask, they hide their voices to avoid being recognized. And once the mummers are identified, they take off their disguises and spend some social time with the host, eating all the food they can find. Then they travel as a group to the next home to continue the process. Again, in the Philippines, we got the Giant Lantern Festival. With uh, tradition starting uh, from September through January, the Philippines has the longest and most lavish Christmas season in the world. Each year on the Saturday before Christmas Eve, the city of San Fernando holds the Liglian Parul Samperanuda, San, San Fernando, the Giant Lantern Festival. 
Several villages compete to build beautiful and elaborate paper lanterns, and they're called paroles. And they're made from bamboo or paper, and initially the lanterns were simple creations, about a half meter in diameter, made from Japanese origami paper and lit by candles. But today, those lanterns are made from a variety of material and have grown to around 20 feet in size. They're arranged in intricate patterns with vivid colors and illuminated by electric bulbs that sparkle in the sky. People from all over the country and across the globe come in to be part of this festival. Then, uh, in Finland, we have the Christmas Eve sauna. Sauna is our way of life in Finland, so it's no surprise it's also part of Christmas. Christmas Eve morning, Finnish families eat a porridge made of rice and milk topped with cinnamon, milk, and butter. End of the day, it's customary for family members to warm up in a sauna together. Many homes have their own saunas, and on Christmas Eve, it's a place to connect with long-dead ancestors. One of the oldest Christmas traditions, which is a way to relax and uh, clean up before the evening's festivities. And after this session, they head out to celebrate, and spirits of their ancestors take their place. The um, And in Sweden, we also have the Kalianka. Now, Swedish people know exactly what they'll be doing on the afternoon of Christmas Eve every year. That answer is watching TV. Their Christmases are planned around an unusual television special. People gather around the TV to watch, of all things, Donald Duck. This dates back to the 60s when televisions were new and played on in two channels, one of which played Disney cartoons. That was prior to the Disney going woke and then immediately going broke. One of the most popular is a 1958 Christmas special called Kali Hans Vanner Ansgar Godzul or Donald Duck and His Friends Wish You a Merry Christmas. Well, you know, Christmas trees can be fine around the world. But in Germany, families have an unusual addition to their ornaments. They had a pickle ornament somewhere within the branches of the tree, and the first child to find it gets a special present. Having a Christmas pickle among the branches of the tree, supposedly a centuries-old German tradition that uh, many folks, of course, have never heard of. I didn't even know Germans had pickles. Some believe this Christmas tradition is passed down through the generations from Old World Germany, and others believe the pickles in honor of an American Civil War soldier who was saved from starvation by eating a pickle on Christmas Eve. It could be either one, frankly. Then in Colombia, we've got Little Candles Day, or Dia de la Velitas. It's one of the most popular Christmas traditions to take place during the Christmas season. Celebrations take place on the night of December 7th every year in honor of the Virgin Mary and the Immaculate Conception. Candles and paper lanterns are lit and placed in the windows and balconies and front yards of the residences. Traditions of lighting the candles has grown so much that entire towns and cities across the country have started following this tradition. Public holiday unofficially kickstarts Christmas celebrations across Colombia. Then in the United Kingdom, we've got... Christmas cracker pulling. Now, the 
Christmas crackers were invented in 1946 by Tom Smith, a London sweet maker. Initially, these tasty Christmas sweets were to be wrapped in a twist of fancy-colored paper, but the idea became one of the best-known Victorian Christmas traditions in England. Small festive notes and paper crowns were added to it, and these crackers are pulled during Christmas dinner or parties. And whoever gets the larger end of the cracker earns the right to keep the contents of the cardboard tube that's inside. South Dublin School holds the record for pulling the longest Christmas cracker, 1,077 people simultaneously in one line. If that's not one of the most unique European Christmas traditions, it's got to be pretty high up the list. Now, i got a bunch of different lists here, folks. Now, in the Netherlands, Dutch children place their shoes by the fire in the hopes that uh, Santa Claus will fill them with gifts and treats during the night. Traditionally, carrots are left in the shoes for Santa Claus, faithful steed, which in Netherlands is said to be a white horse named Amerigo. In the olden days, naughty children would get a potato in lieu of gifts, but potato punishment is no longer considered an appropriate scare tactic. Then in Iceland, we also got the Yule Cat, one of the more unique festive traditions. A giant cat is said to roam the snowy countryside at Christmas time. And traditionally, farmers will use the Yule Cat as an incentive for their workers. Those who worked hard would get a new set of clothes, and those who didn't would be devoured by that gigantic cat-like beast. Today, it's customary for everybody in Iceland to get new clothing for Christmas to, to avoid a, uh, an unsavory demise, so to speak. Then in South Africa, we've got fried caterpillars. Now, when you think of Christmas food, mince pies and turkey are often high on the list, but in South Africa, it's Creepy crawlies that local children look forward to. Festive uh, fried caterpillars may seem like one of the more unusual Christmas traditions, but these caterpillars aren't just a run-of-the-mill variety you find in the garden. The pine tree emperor moth or Christmas caterpillar is covered in very festive hues, giving all who swallow a little extra luck in the coming year, if it doesn't start you on a fit of coughing. Now, New Zealand, we've got the alternative Christmas tree. Not all Christmas trees are created equal. Well, not really. The Kiwis are all about the Potakawa, beautiful tree that is native to New Zealand with gnarled roots and bright colors and flowers. First mention of this tree came from the uh, Austrian geologist Ferdinand von Hochstetter in 1867. He describes locals decorating their churches and homes with the brightly colored branches at Christmas. Well, today this tree is a recognized symbol of Christmas around New Zealand and is featured on Christmas cards and decorations and even the Christmas carols that children sing at school. Well, well, 
let's see. Go back to my list here. Then we've got unique Christmas traditions in the United States. Let's talk about it. Alabama State Park completely transforms an underground cave for Wonder Under Warrior. At Rickwood Cabin State Park, the underground cave is completely lit up for the holidays. And as it stays 62 degrees year-round, it's a, considered an outdoor holiday activity. Alaskans parade a wooden star from house to house to represent the Star of Bethlehem. Russian Orthodox tradition of Slavik, also known as starring, is celebrated. That's what they call it in Alaska. In the days leading up to Russian Orthodox Christmas on January 7th, parishioners parade from house to house carrying a wooden star. At each house, the size of the group increases as a resident of the house joined the party. And at the end of the trek, everybody's rewarded with food and gifts and hymns sung to celebrate the culmination of the three wise men's journey. And in Chandler, Arizona, is home to the world's largest tumbleweed Christmas tree. One of the most popular tourist attractions during the holiday season in Arizona is the giant tumbleweed tree in Chandler, Arizona. Workers begin to assemble this dry tannin bomb in September until it slipped for the Christmas season. Tradition of lighting the tumbleweed tree goes back over 60 years. This uh, year, this tree lighting ceremony was December 2nd, but the tree's still standing for folks to come look at. Then in Arkansas, where one branch of my family came from, people followed the trail of holiday lights from one end of the state to the other. Ostentatious Christmas lights displays that they have caught on on all four corners of the globe. And in Arkansas, each of the state's holiday light displays is connected on a giant trail that covers the entire state. The trail of holiday lights is mapped so you can drive from one display to another, making it the perfect cold weather activity. Then in California... You've got Santa riding the surf instead of a sleigh in California Surfing Santa Competition. At Dana Point, California, surfing is sprinkled with a little holiday spirit in December for the Surfing Santa Competition. Athletes enter this Christmas time contest wearing white beards and jolly hats and proceeds from the event support Surfers Healing, a surf camp for children with autism. This year's contest was held November 18th, but the fun isn't over yet. Holiday surfboard auction is soon going to be held. Colorado Hispanic residents reenact the nativity during Las Posadas on Christmas Eve. The uh, Las Posadas, or the, the Inns, is a Mexican Christmas tradition in which people of all ages gather to reenact the story of Christmas. Specifically, the journey of Mary and Joseph from end to end, searching for a place to stay before Mary gave birth to Jesus Christ. Christmas Eve, the Tesoro Cultural Center in Morrison leads a procession of children dressed as Mary and Joseph, as well as shepherds and angels, to travel from house to house to ask for shelter. 
At the end of the reenactment, there's a celebration with hot chocolate and sweets for the children. And Christmas gets spooky in Connecticut with the lantern light tours in Mystic Seaport. Every December in Mystic Seaport, actors put on an interactive play that's all about Christmas Eve. This year, the lantern light tour of the Mystic Seaport Museum is all about holiday heirlooms. Then in Delaware, children leave out milk for the mischievous Tumta spirits on Christmas Eve. This is for Delaware's Swedish population. Christmas is associated with a visit from Tamta, the devilish aunt who leaves children, uh, gifts for good children. According to the Daily Scandinavian, the legend goes that Tamtan were a mischievous and vengeful spirits who guarded farmsteads, but today they're regarded as benevolent Santa Claus or St. Nicholas-like figures. Then, wreaths across America lay holiday wreaths on every single grave in Arlington National Cemetery in Washington, D.C. Happens on December 16th when wreaths across America, a nonprofit, uh, lays out holiday wreaths on thousands of graves in Arlington National Cemetery in Washington, as well as 4,000 other locations across America. Well, Florida heat means decorating lifeguard chairs instead of trees during the Deck to Chairs bash. Deck to Chairs on Jacksonville Beach is one of the largest holiday light celebrations in Florida. Volunteers decorate the iconic red lifeguard chairs with elaborate holiday light displays, combining the spirit of the holidays with the warm weather of the Sunshine State. This year's chairs will be available to visit from November 22nd to January 1st, 2024. Then you got Macy's iconic pink pig train. Makes its annual holiday appearance in Atlanta, Georgia. So unless you live in Atlanta, you likely have never seen the pink pig train that comes to Macy's Lenox Square every holiday season. Pink pig tradition began in 1953 at Rich's downtown store become a holiday mainstay for Georgia residents who recognize it as a unique staple of the holiday season. After 50 years of children taking photos with Priscilla the pig, climbing aboard, and of course purchasing pink pig merchandise, Priscilla retired in 2021. But there's still Priscilla merchandise available for any nostalgic fans. And if you want to look back, the pigs sometimes come out of retirement for display only like they did last year. Then we go to Hawaii, roast over an open fire is a tradition. In Hawaii, celebrating Christmas with a hula that ends in a pig roast over an open fire is a tradition that dates back to the first Christmas in Hawaii. Celebrated in 1786, a merchant ship docked off the shores of Hawaii during Christmas and sent a search party ashore that hunted a pig, killed it, roasted it, and brought it back to the ship, according to the Orange County Register. Later, they're said to have participated in the gift wrap with the Allen's natives when a local chieftain sailed out to the dock ship and gave him a gift of a roasted pig. Hawaiians had their own holiday, Makahiki, that celebrates the winter solstice. Now a combination of two holidays is celebrated. Tradition that resembles the... uh, American Science Story continues today with a roast pig on almost every Hawaiian table on Christmas. Then if you want to take a cruise, you can go to Idaho. Take a Christmas cruise to watch the Lake Cordier Fireworks and Light Show. 
the uh, this journey to the North Pole cruises are some of the most popular holiday events in Idaho. Cruises are happening from November 23rd to January 2nd this year. Holiday light shows on the water feature floating displays of Santa, Rudolph, the Grinch, and more, as well as a lot of fireworks. Then we got shoppers who go to the Chicago Christ Kindle Market, the largest Christmas market in Illinois. The most famous American Chris Kindle market or Christmas market is in Chicago style. With, after the traditional centuries-old market of Germany, this market features hundreds of vendors selling traditional crafts and trinkets from Germany and Austrian local artisans. Plenty to eat and drink, like uh, blue wine or mulled wine, hot cocoa, giant German pretzels. Then you go to Indiana, where you get to see Christmas from a whole new perspective at India's uh, Jingle Rails. The Altahorg Museum in Indianapolis uh, through January 15th is where you see this. It's the, the Jingle Rails exhibit features 1,200 feet of model railroad tra railway track. I cannot talk. This year's theme's the Great Western Adventure, and there's seven trains riding the rails across downtown Indianapolis landmarks, Mount Rushmore, the Grand Canyon, Yosemite, Old Faithful, and even San Francisco. Then you got Iowa residents who get together to decorate rooms in the Salisbury House uh, Mansion. Hollis and Ivy's a holiday decorating tradition at the Salisbury House in Des Moines, Iowa. Community groups and organizations each adopt a room of the spacious mansion to decorate with trees and ribbons and baubles and more. Then uh, the Salisbury House hosts tours a few days before Christmas to show off everybody's decorating skills. Then in Kansas, young women dress up as St. Lucy for the St. Lucia Festival. Linsborg is widely known as the Swedish capital of Kansas, so it's no wonder the community throws an impressive St. Lucia Festival every year. On this Swedish holiday that celebrates the life of the martyr St. Lucia, the eldest daughter of every family wearing a white robe and crown of ivying candles, serves traditional Swedish food to her family. Her appearance is supposed to represent light and hope during the winter solstice. You get to see uh, Swedish folk dancers and there's a baked goods sale and a, and a procession. Then in Kentucky, as you might guess, fruitcake soaked in whiskey is a traditional Christmas dessert. You know, fruitcake is known around the world as a laughingstock of Christmas culinary traditions, but in Kentucky, you try to get your hands on the, the famous fruitcake made by monks of the Abbey of Gethsemane. Also known as the Twelfth Night Cake, this fruitcake made for dried nuts and dried fruits and nuts and spices often soaked in bourbon. I mean, let's face it, folks, this is Kentucky, and it's a popular Christmas delicacy. Then in Louisiana, you got the Christmas bonfires that light up the, the bayou. Uh, Christmas Eve bonfires on the levee are a holiday tradition synonymous with Creole culture. Christmas Eve, locals burn log structures that stand up to an impressive 30 feet. Most are built as traditional teepees, like... Um, we've seen in many movies. Um, 
But some depict shapes like houses and ships, according to Louisiana's tourism website. Then you go to Maine, where no Christmas dinner is complete without seafood chowder. I mean, in New England, particularly in Maine, one of the most important parts of the Christmas dinner is the food, seafood chowder made with lobsters and crabs and, or maybe clams and a warm, creamy broth. Then in Maryland, the whole block gets decked out with lights as they reenact Miracle on 34th Street. Well, 20 years ago in Baltimore, Maryland, a man living on 34th Street put a string of Christmas lights in a tree in his front yard. Well, shortly after that, his neighbors mimicked his tradition, according to the Christmas Streets website. Now more than 25 years later, the, this humble Baltimore block is transformed every year into a decorative spectacle known as the Miracle on 34th Street. Every house participates. Then in Massachusetts, Stockbridge is the Christmas capital of Massachusetts, as made famous by Norman Rockwell's paintings. And not many people know that the, uh, the nostalgic paintings created by Norman Rockwell actually depicted a real place, not just small-town Americana from his imagination. And that place was his hometown of Stockbridge, Massachusetts. And Stockbridge goes out every year in December to recreate this idyllic New England setting with parades and caroling and holiday events. Then we've got, in Michigan, we have... Um, the world's largest Christmas store, where shoppers come from all over to visit Bronner's. Now, Bronner's Christmas in Wonderland claims to be the largest Christmas store in the world. Open all year round, 320,000 square foot store contains multiple floors of decorations and gifts and trees and, frankly, any holiday treat you can possibly think of. Well, the... Um, And in Minnesota, um, there's the annual loot fish dinners, which began as a Nordic holiday tradition, now part of a quintessential Christmas dinner for Minnesotans across the state, no matter what their ethnic background. Now, loot fish is a dried white fish soaked in water for several days and treated with lye. Dish has a jello-like consistency, reminiscent of gefilte fish uh, served during Jewish Passover. It's become popular in the Twin Cities region due to the large population of immigrants from Scandinavia. Then, uh, in Mississippi, we got decorated boats that line the shores of Biloxi Beach for the largest Christmas boat parade in Mississippi. Instead of just decorating houses, Mississippi residents look forward to the decked-out boats that take part in the Biloxi Beach Water Boat Parade. Boaters decorate their vessels to the to the hilt, and the show culminates in a stunning fireworks display. Then Missouri kids are just as excited to meet the fairy princess at Kansas City Museum as they are to see Santa. I mean, if you live outside of Missouri, you probably have no idea who the fairy princess is. But for Missouri kids, the fairy princess is a holiday icon. Young, local, young local women dress up in crowns and royal regalia and meet with the children. Every child who meets a fairy princess gets a toy that comes out of a secret treasure chest. 
Fairy Princess is a tradition started by Klein's department store in 1936. Klein's came up with the idea because they were Jewish and didn't want to hire Santa Claus, so the non-denominational non-denominational figure was born. And this year, the Kansas City Museum is celebrating its 37th anniversary of hosting the princess. And in Montana, December in Montana is about athletic endurance during the Bozeman Ice Climbing Festival. May, you know, the festival may sound magical, but this annual ice climbing competition is all about athletic grit. Held every year right around Christmas in Bozeman, Montana, the festival features daring climbing contests on the face of Bridger Mountain Range as well as the annual Adventure Film Festival. So as you can see, there's something for everybody. And we got... In Nebraska, we got Buffalo Bill's house, which puts on a fantastic display for Christmas at the Cody's. And even though a lot of folks may not be aware, Buffalo Bill is a real person. William Frederick Cody is well known as a historical figure in the Wild West. But his mansion, the Cody House, is popular for its holiday traditions. Local organizations adopt rooms of the Cody Mansion, decorate them for the holidays. Then you take a tour of the house and get hot cocoa and Christmas cookies. Then in Nevada, people normally wear their Christmas outfits for the annual Reno Santa Crawl. The uh, the Reno Santa Crawl in Reno, Nevada is one of the largest Christmas themed pub crawls in the country. Charity fundraiser donates proceeds to local schools. Well, on that note, we come to the end of today's show. We'll be back tomorrow and go back to our normal uh, forte of talking about uh, the strange, well, this was strange and unusual, but we'll be talking about more strange and unusual things tomorrow. Till then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great evening.